Welcome to The Dish, the show that uncovers the stories behind the world's most famous dishes. We are your hosts, Tomo and Megzi from foodfuntravel.com. Join us and expert guests with tasty facts, foodie secrets and more. In this episode, the history of popcorn from the ancient Americas to today. The modern rise of popcorn and why it became a top movie theatre snack. We ask, why does corn pop? Plus, crazy popcorn facts. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of The Dish. Yes, this week we definitely have... A food that you're going to know, you're going to have eaten it. <laughs> Everyone knows this. Yes. And this is one of our feature episodes, so we're talking about a specific dish in its history. And today we are talking about the poppiest of food, popcorn. Yes, popcorn. Everyone loves popcorn, right? Yep. I do. I definitely, definitely do. But uh, I did a bit of a dive into the history of popcorn to see, you know, of course we know that, you know, corn's been around for donkey's years, but we just wanted to have a look into but- it a little bit. This is something I don't even know. Straight up, I don't know anything about this topic. Is popcorn actually even corn in the sense that, like, corn on the cob is corn? Or is it something completely different? Well, I guess we're going to find out. I'm not going not gonna to ask you to answer that right now, but I actually got no idea. <laughs> so, uh, let's go back into the history of it, shall we? The history of popcorn is really deep throughout pretty much all of the Americas, actually. Because, as some of you might well know, corn is definitely a staple food in that region. And they used to watch a lot of movies in the 12th century before Westerners <laughs> turned up and smashed all the movie theatres. We know our history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what happened. Apparently, the oldest popcorn known to date was found in New Mexico. And uh, that was found in a dry cave known as the Bat Cave. I don't know why it's called the Bat Cave, but it's called Bat Cave. And they found small heads of corn as well as several individually popped kernels. That's how this, like, you know when you're eating a bag of popcorn and, like, you get to the bottom parts and you, know, like, chew on a kernel and you're like, oh, I hate that. This stuff just lasts. Like, in, like Just won't go away. This discovery, it was made by Herbert Dick and Earl Smith in 1948, but they carbon dated them to be approximately 5,600 years old. Oh These kernels God. that they found in a cave. Absolutely crazy stuff. Some people do actually claim that corn was mentioned in the Bible, because it is. But the, we need to put to rest that, that it... The corn that they mention in the Bible being apparently stored in the pyramids of Egypt is not corn corn. It was probably actually barley that was yeah. that was stored in the pyramids and stuff like that because it comes from the fact that uh, the word corn has sort of evolved as it's gone around the world. The actual plant name is maize, and that's what it's referred to generally around North America and stuff like that. But the word corn is used to signify the most used grain of a specific place. Ah. So, in England, corn is wheat. Oh, um, but yet yeah, no one in England calls wheat corn. No, but, but, but yeah, if you're talking about the corn of England, it is actually wheat because it's the most used ah. grain of that place. In Scotland and Ireland, it refers to oats. So, it's really confusing because this word corn has become, it's like an English slang for maize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
That's so weird. Yeah, really? I had yeah. No idea. So the word corn apparently might have started from shortening Indian corn and Indian corn meaning maize, and that so because it's the staple of the indigenous Americans. So they saw people eating maize, and they were like, "Oh, it's they look look they're eating Indian corn." Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it could be. Anyway, anyway, but popcorn wasn't just used for eating. It was also used to decorate as well. So there's evidence of decorated funeral urns in Mexico from 300 AD. And that depicts a maize god with popped kernels adorning his headdress. Like little flowers. Wow. And there's also evidence of popcorn throughout Central and South America, particularly Peru, Guatemala, and Mexico. It's rampant everywhere. And it's used for eating, decoration of clothing, and also other ceremonial embellishments. So there's been just all through the Americas, there has been use of corn for many, many, many years, whether they pop it, whether they pop it and eat it, they use it for decoration or put it on clothes or put it on urns and all that sort of stuff. It's been used for many, 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 many years. So what exactly is popcorn? Because like I think of corn as like kernels, yeah. which are like dried kernels for maize that they ground down to flour, like, but it's round. It's small and round. So it's what just, is it? It's just a particular style of corn. So, of course, you've seen, if you've ever been to the Americas, you'll see that there are so many different varieties of maize, purple ones and yellow ones and black ones, and which I guess are still the purple ones, but there's so many. Very, 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 very dark very, purple. Very, very, purple. So, there's all these different types of maize, but it's just a particular and the most common maize that they use that also you can, you can use it as the corn kernels or if it's done in a certain style, you can also use it as the, as the popping ones. I don't actually have the scientific name because it's boring. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I just wanted to know, right? So, it is actually, it's it is just corn. It really is it maize. Is a, yeah. But there are different types of ones. So, you can actually get certain ones that, there's ones that are really popular for using in movie theaters. Popular. Ah! Ah! Pun unintended. (laughs) So they all will do the whole sort of popping thing, but there are certain species of maize that they prefer to use for movie theaters, for example, because when they pop, they become fluffier and they're bigger and fluffier than other ones. So others don't pop and become as fluffy and they're not seen as as desirable as a popping corn. And this is why the popcorn at Cinemax in Mexico is the best popcorn in the world. It probably is because they've got access to the best in the world. And they ain't sending that anywhere else. Never had better popcorn than in Mexico. Yeah, Cinemax is nailing it. And they're even doing a better job than other cinemas that we went to, other movie theatres. So, So yeah, there are different species of maize that create different size and different sort of shape corn kernels when it's popped. It's interesting, huh? So, yeah, popcorn, huge hit in the Americas for many, many, many years, and it only became known to the rest of the world in 1519. Only. Only. uh, When Cortez got his first sight of popcorn when he invaded Mexico and ever so politely introduced himself to the Aztecs. It's so polite. Not. (laughs) But anywho, we know that they encountered popcorn because an early Spanish account mentions a ceremony honoring the Aztec gods who watched over fishermen. And uh, this is what it, it says. It says, they scattered before him parched corn called momochitl, M-O-M-O-C-H-I-T-L, momochitl, a kind of corn which bursts when parched and discloses its contents and makes itself look like a very white flower. Uh, they said that these were hailstones given to the gods of water. 
Well, that's a very specific description that definitely sounds like popcorn. I know. Because so. a lot of the time with these Spanish conquistadors and stuff, when they talk about stuff, we're like, we think they're talking about this dish. We kind of like, maybe they were talking, but this is definitely sounds like popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. So popcorn, obviously, since then has been in a really important part of society, not just for the Americas, but for the rest of the world. People just loved it. And so while today, obviously making popcorn is super, super easy with the use of machines, Microwaves, you can just throw it in the microwave and bing, but apparently in ancient times, people would make popcorn by heating sand in a fire, and then they would stir the kernels of popcorn into the hot sand. Mm. I don't think it's going to taste great. That's going to be get, sandy it's popcorn. It's going to be gra- grainy as hell, but apparently that's how they used to do it. Sounds sort of silly when you can just put it in a pan. I know. But maybe was it a thing that because it was underneath the grains, it didn't fly out of the pan? They just hadn't realized what pan lids were at that point? Possibly not. And they're like, oh, whenever I cook it in a pan, it flies everywhere. And then we're picking it off the floor and it's muddy. And- I mean, you got to think when they were cooking 5,600 years ago in this cave in New Mexico, they probably didn't have much to work with. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, the movie they were watching would have been people painting on the walls. Exactly. And watching paint dry is not a brilliant movie. <laughs> or, or maybe even just like uh, puppet shadows. <laughs> yeah, puppet shadows. <laughs> but, yes. So, yeah, moving forward a few hundred years from that, and uh, we have one of the earliest documented recipes for popping corn, which came from Daniel Brown during the 1840s. And his method required one to take a grill, a half pint or more of popcorn, unpopped, (laughs) and put it in the frying pan, slightly buttered or rubbed with lard. Oh, lardy popcorn. Mm, You hold the pan over the fire so as consist- Oh, and to consistently stir or shake the corn within, and in a few minutes each kernel will pop or turn inside out. Wow. He adds that salt or sugar can be added while the popcorn is still hot. So why don't they make lardy popcorn anymore? When's well, that coming back? It, yeah, see, this was actually a bit of a problem because it sounds good in theory, but one thing that he was making, because the heat was so much, the butter often tended to burn before it reached high enough temperature to pop the corn. So that didn't work. And the lard produced popcorn that was soaked with grease. Oh. So it was like lardy, soggy popcorn. Boo. Yeah, it doesn't sound that good when you think of it that way. When you think of like the awesome porky lardy flavors, like you're like, ooh, that could be good. But when nobody wants soggy popcorn. No. No. So it wasn't until the second half of the 19th century that an efficient method for popping corn was developed. And that's when we welcome the 1890s and Charles Cretor and his invent. Oh, Charles Cretors. C R E T O R S. Cretors. Cretors. Charles Cretors. He invented the popcorn maker as we know it. Cretors was a Chicago candy store owner who created a number of steam-powered machines. Originally, it was used for roasting nuts, and he figured if it could work for nuts, why not popcorn? He applied the technology to the cornel kerns. It worked perfectly, and by the turn of the century, Cretors had created and deployed street carts fully equipped with steam-powered popcorn makers all over town. Just like that. Just like that. And street popcorn was born. Yep. Even before movie popcorn. Yes. Yes. Actually, the availability of popcorn as a street snack fully skyrocketed its popularity. People loved it. Uh, Even up until and through the Great Depression, people were still eating popcorn. So while other businesses failed, the popcorn business continued to thrive and actually became a source of income for many struggling businessmen and farmers. They Mm. lost all their businesses. They lost everything. And- they went, people, some people went and bought a popcorn machine, went out on the street 
and actually made a living. There was a guy from Oklahoma who was a banker who also owned a few farms, went completely broke, lost everything, and uh, bought a popcorn machine, started a business and a small store near a theatre. Uh-huh. And after a couple of years, his popcorn business made enough money to buy back three of the farms he'd lost. Popcorn! From popcorn? Popcorn. Who makes that money from popcorn? Well, you see, the thing is, every dollar spent on popcorn is about 90 cents profit. Yeah, because it is so cheap and the machinery doesn't even cost a lot. You're yeah. just eating a pan. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So, yeah, as you mentioned before, it's interesting because people automatically think of popcorn and movie theatres, yep. right? Uh, but it, for the longest time, was not popular in theatres. Not because of the people that didn't want it. The theatre owners didn't want it because they thought it distracted from the films. Uh, well, I mean, I guess in the early 1900s, there were very few actual movie theatres. It was more theatre theatres with live action, right? I'm not sure whether the first public movie theatres well, in still, the US Well, they still been. had the silent movies and stuff like that that have been going for many years. Would have that not started sort of around World War One, just after World War One? Let me Google it quickly. I, yeah, I didn't think that. I thought silent movie, the, the golden age of silent movies was in the 1920s, right? So they would have been the, the very early movies in the early 20th century. Elements and Beginnings, so they started from 1895 to 1936. It's a very, very early first movies. Mm-hmm. Mm. But right. yes, as you, cor- yeah, as you said, that there would have been a lot of live theatre vaudeville and that sort of stuff as well. So yeah, uh, theatre owners didn't like it. They thought it distracted from the films and from the entertainment and they're like, no, nah, don't like it. But when they saw how much money was being made on the street, quite a few of them started to change their mind because these guys were hanging out outside of their theatres. And they weren't getting their cut. They were getting nothing from it. So the man who started it all was Midwestern theatre owner. His name was Glenn W. Dixon. And in 1938, he installed popcorn machines in the lobbies of his theatres. And the idea completely, like, ding, 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 paid off. Massive financial success. And soon, a whole bunch of other theatre owners jumped on board as well. And it was so popular that anyone who continued to refuse to sell popcorn went out of business. (laughs) moviegoers just wouldn't go no. unless they could get popcorn. Exactly. Well, I mean, we sort of feel the same way these days. It's like a part of, if you're going to the cinema, we're going to have It's popcorn. the whole experience. I don't have popcorn unless I'm going to the, theater, like, to the cinema. And if I'm going to the cinema, I'm going to have popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. That popcorn really gave people a lot of opportunities during the Great Depression. Really amazing stuff. Popcorn also saw another surge in popularity during World War II. This was because sugar rations were diminished and a lot of people weren't getting candy because they were sending sugar overseas to the US troops. And so candy production for everybody back home was not happening. Popcorn, of course, there was still corn everywhere, so it could be something that was easily made. And so popcorn became really popular yet again. And apparently they, in America, in the United States of America, they started eating three times as much popcorn as they had before. Wow. When that sugar shortage happened. All right. So, yeah, popcorn is just going up and up and up, more and more and more, until it suddenly nosedived with the invention of television. Uh, Yeah. If you're not going out, then people aren't buying home popcorn, but eventually they will, of course. Eventually they will, but at that time it wasn't a thing. So, television started, people stopped going out as much, theatre attendance movie theater attendance dropped and with it so did the consumption of popcorn but yes as we all know today you can't keep a good old popcorn down and the slump was quickly reversed when americans once again started consuming popcorn at 
home. And of course, it kept growing until we have in 1981 the introduction of microwave popcorn. Uh huh. Which we all know today. Yeah. It's not as good as movie popcorn. No, we also know that. it's never as good. All of, all the flavoring sticks to the packet. How do you get it off the packet? I often sit there with like clumps of popcorn in my hand, just scraping the flavoring <laughs> off the side of the microwave packet. I don't know. Maybe we're just not buying premium enough microwave popcorn. Perhaps not. But yeah, so popcorn up and up and up. And it's stayed a favorite snack ever since, you know, 1981. Today, Americans eat approximately 17 billion quarts of popped corn per year. One quart is equal to four cups. So that is about 4,250,000,000 cups per year consumed in the United States. And yeah, there's about 1,600 popcorn kernels in one cup. So that's about the same amount that would fill the Empire State Building 18 times over. That sounds like a lot of popcorn. We're eating some popcorn. It's more than I'm going to eat. Would you like to know some more fun facts about popcorn? Sure, let's make it fun. Fun! Although popcorn is typically thought of as a snack food today, popcorn was once a popular breakfast food. What? Yeah. Why? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. It was like pre-cereal, actually. So during the late 19th century, early 20th centuries, popcorn was eaten just like we'd eat cereal today with milk. Yeah. And I mean, I guess like you get uh, rice bubbles. Yeah. No, but like- that's rice. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally different. What do you get? Cornflakes. Well, that's true. Of course, we eat cornflakes. Cornflakes are so crispy, whereas popcorn is already quite soft. So you'd think it would go soggy almost instantly if you put it in I milk. Mean, there's a lot of cereals that go soggy instantly, but yeah. I mean, this is the beginning of cereals, I think. Yeah. So it was more of a trial and yeah. it didn't really work. Yeah. I think Kellogg's did give it a go, but it was a bit like, yeah. Yeah, it gets soggy so quick. That sounds. But anyway, yeah, it was, it, it was eaten as cereal. Also, as something that's not used food-wise, some shipping companies have experimented with using popcorn as a biodegradable replacement for polystyrene packing material. All right. Mm. But it seems like popcorn does sort of go soggy and off, whereas polystyrene yeah, packing doesn't. And so, yeah, they do have a few issues with it. Um, pests. Uh, flammability. Apparently. Yeah, so literally every every like goods, all the goods in the warehouse are going to have vermin just being like, yeah. there's a lot of tasty popcorn in this box. I mean, I appreciate them trying to use something other than polystyrene, but yeah, it, they tried. It didn't work. Random fact, popcorn kernels can pop up to three feet in the air. That's if quite you impressive. give it enough chance. And this, <laughs> this is terrible, actually, but unpopped popcorn kernels are called spinsters. Or old maids. Oh. You know, the ones that we were saying before that we hate, that yeah. we don't, they're unwanted, we don't want them. They call them spinsters and old maids. That's the name of the unpopped ones. They're a little bit Those hard to chew on. little kernels. Yeah. Yeah, that hard exterior. And you know that there should be a soft side on the inside, but you just can't get to it. It never came out. No. No, it's still stuck inside. But they do have a lot of cats. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> Speaking of which, the number one thing that I wanted to know from a popcorn episode I have not learned. Why does a corn pop? I don't know. I didn't actually think to look at why this is like it happens. the number happens. one thing. I mean, it's amazing that this food exists and it's become popular and there's so many crazy facts. But I never even, why does it pop? I never even thought of that. Like, I was just like, hmm, popcorn is tasty. Let's look at how many ways you can eat popcorn and why it's cool. Let's have a look. So popcorn, yeah, is a special sort of corn. As I said before, it's a certain 
type of the corn family. Oh, I did look this up and I didn't think you would be that interested. So it's actually inside of the, the, the kernels are tiny droplets of water inside the kernel. And so once it's heated, it's actually the steam. The steam builds up and it explodes the kernel. And then the fluffy part is made from steam. One of the tastiest explosions on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. So the water inside the little kernel turns to steam. It builds up pressure until eventually kablammy. And, uh, and that's what, how you make popcorn. Unless you're a spinster kernel and then apparently then- you're a very dry inside. <laughs> Too much? Uh, oh, those poor old spinsters. It's all right. It's innuendo, so kids won't understand. That's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. I had uh, taken that out of my notes. But, yeah, that's how, you do it, how it's happened. It's just because it's got this water inside the kernel. There you go. So, that's it. The story of popcorn. It's, it's brief. But I thought there were some pretty interesting points in there. It's brief, but it's like five and a half thousand years of history in a brief yeah. moment. And I mean, you know, people did different things with it, with adding sugar and adding caramel. Mmm, caramel. So I guess we have to round up this episode with the most important popcorn question. Mm. Sweet, salty, or caramel? Uh, salty. Yeah, you go salty. I like sweet, but I don't want it caramel. Caramel's too much. I can only eat a couple of caramel and then it's like, oh my God, so much sugar, but just slightly sweet. The popcorn that we used to have in Mexico, this is what we loved because they would, you would get a, a carton and they would put a divider in the center and you could get the salty on one side and you could get the sweet on the other and then yes. you could have a little bit of both worlds and then it was great. Yeah, because their sweet was a bit too sweet. So you, so you needed the salty needed to the balance salt. it out. And that was the best popcorn ever. Cinemax, Mexico. Sorry, it's the best. It is. Give it huge, a try. Huge, huge kernels and media a media, like half and half. Yeah. Salt and sweet. Whereas in Europe, the sweet is a lot less sweet. It's like a little bit sweetened, uh, sort of buttery with a little bit of sweet. And we had a very unusual experience in the Portuguese cinema here the well, other day. They do day. natural popcorn. Natural without anything on it. And Which they give you salt sachets on the side and you can add your own salt. Terrible idea because it's all going to drop to the bottom anyway. So you're just going to end up with salt in the bottom of the packet and really salty end bits. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. But natural is actually very, very good for you. Um, there's a lot of protein that you can get. In popcorn, and so having it natural is actually a really healthy snack. Super it's low calorie. It only starts becoming really unhealthy once we start adding butter and sugars and all that sort of stuff. So. And that's what I like. <laughs> Give it to me. So yes, tweet us at Food Fun Travel. What is your favorite type of popcorn? Let's figure it out. What is the most popular popcorn? Yeah, I because don't know. Tom and I are divided on this. Like this, if there's one thing we'll battle over, it's like what type of popcorn to buy because. Neither of us want to back down when it comes to popcorn. I think semi-sweet with a sachet of salt and you can just mix it up together. That would work totally fine. That's like having caramel salt chocolate. It's like you mix the two, sweet and... No, no, still not convinced. All right, tweet us (laughs) at Food Fun Travel. Who is correct? Are you a salt popcorn or are you a sweet popcorn person? That is it for this episode. Delving into the history of popcorn. Short but sweet. One of the most unusual dishes for the dish. It's obviously, I I mean, I assumed when we came up with this that this was not going to be a dish where people had thought we would ever cover popcorn. No. But it is a dish. You sit down and you eat it. I definitely sit and consume just popcorn and that will be a meal. (laughs) I've done that. 
Yeah. Popcorn and wine. Sorted. So we're keeping it edgy and different on the dish by covering dishes that aren't necessarily a dish, but we consider it a dish. Why not? So, yeah. And don't forget to follow, subscribe, and rate The Dish podcast. You can do that on iTunes or wherever you happen to listen. There'll be some way to rate us. Make sure you subscribe so you get new episodes direct to your device. And if you're going to leave us a review, five stars, please, because it's the only one that really makes a big difference to us. Anything less than that is only holding us back from getting out there, getting up the ranks, and getting more episodes out to you. The more good ratings we get, the more inspired we will be to create new episodes. So if you love this show, support us by leaving a great review. And of course, let your friends know, right? Pretty please. Yep. Tell your friends. If you love this show and you think they might like it, tell them because the more subscribers we get and the more ratings we get, that is the way we're going to make this show successful and and not just quit. I mean, who knows? A lot of people start podcasting and they just quit after like six months to a year because they don't get successful enough. We're not quitting. We're not quitting anytime soon, but, you know, we've got to make it happen. Got to make it happen. So get in there and give us a five-star review. You know you want to. You know you want to. And if you don't want to, you're listening to the wrong show. So that's it for this episode. We'll be back with another inspiring, exciting dish in the next episode or maybe some just random food travel stories from our crazy travels around the world. Either way, it's going to be tasty. Yes. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Dish. Don't forget to subscribe and keep this podcast on the air by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Also, come join our foodie community on Facebook in the Food Worth Travelling For Facebook group. Catch you next time.